Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I want to talk about some stuff involving your wallet. And coming up in just a few minutes, I want to talk about something we're doing where our banks trick us and it harms us so badly. And coming up later, I talk about the mortgage lending process and how it's such a turnoff for so many people that are first-time homebuyers, but what some organizations are doing about it to make it less of a hassle. And I want to talk right now about something that's a real puzzle, and it's this. When you use a credit card, you may have found historically that you get into debt, that that becomes a significant problem for you. So you feel like, I can't trust myself with a credit card. I've got to go with a debit card. And you may have heard me over the years call them the piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, because they are. They don't come with the legal protections of a credit card. And if your number does get compromised, the money comes straight out of your bank account, causing you all kinds of hassle. So now there's not one but two organizations that have come up with a way to turn a credit card into, essentially in your life, working like a debit card. So you get the protections of a credit card, and interestingly enough, the way both of these things work, you also are able to get a rewards card and earn rewards because they're both designed so that you never run a balance. So you're never paying interest. And the two of them are debitize, D-E-B-I-T-I-Z-E, and their rival is Debix, D-E-B-X. You can look at both of them, see which one seems like it would be most suitable for you with your finances. And with these, what they do, and they do them, they do it for free, is they track your spending on your credit card. And then they automatically link to your checking account, make a payment to your credit card company repeatedly, paying off the items that you have charged. And so your balance in your account, in your checking account, goes down as you generate transactions just like it would with a debit card. But at the same time, unlike the debit card, if you don't receive goods or services, there's a dispute about them, with the credit card you can do that. With the debit card you can't. If a criminal gets a hold of your credit card number, money's not leaving your account because you'd immediately shut off debits or debitize if you knew that was happening, and charges would just post to your account, where with a debit card, they'd keep debiting right out of your checking account. And the reward side, that you then become eligible for reward program cards, 
most of which have no annual fee and just throw things at you as you use them. So it is the closest I can think of to a free lunch. Again, they're Debix, DBX, and Debitize, D-B-I-T-I-Z-E. And you can use these as a way for you to control yourself if you know that's been a problem and at the same time be as rewarding in your wallet as people with reward cards. Sharon is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Sharon. (laughs) You are looking out for your teenager. Actually, my teenager is looking out for himself. He has been working since he's been 14 years old, and he's now 15. And he came to me on Sunday and said that he wants to invest $50 a week in a mutual fund because by age 45, he'd like to be a millionaire. <laughs> so he learned this in school, and so I'm just wondering what mutual fund you would recommend, if at all. Well, Sharon, uh, this is very exciting to me, and we need to talk this through because what I want him to do, since this is money that your 15-year-old son has from work, is I yes. want him to not put it in a mutual fund directly. I want him okay. to put it in a mutual fund indirectly through okay. a Roth IRA. Okay. Because the advantage is in the Roth, the money will grow tax-free, and it will not count against him on financial aid calculation if he intends to go to college. Which he does. If the money's in a mutual fund account, colleges will require that he basically destroy the money in his uh, mutual fund account as money that goes to college expense before he will be considered for financial aid he'd be considered for otherwise. Okay. So there's enormous benefit to him because the Roth, you don't have to worry about taxes and you don't have to worry about the colleges messing with them. Okay. So great. with a Roth, how much money has he managed to save to this point? Um, right now he has a little over 3000 Okay, he's in the money. He's good. Yes. Because to open my favorite starter account, you need $1,000. Okay. And that would be for him to open what's known as a custodial Roth IRA with Vanguard. And he can go on Vanguard.com, fill out the application with you as the custodian, and he is the ultimate account beneficiary, and then you'll need to sign it for him. Okay. And then you send it in with the $1,000 check. Now, he cannot contribute more in a year than he'll earn from work in a year. Okay. How much is he likely to earn over the course of this year? Well, he makes about a he takes home about a hundred and sixty dollars a week. Oh, he's easily going to be fine, and then he can contribute to it once it's open with the thousand dollars. He can contribute to it as he wishes, no more than what he earns in a year, and no more than the fifty five hundred dollar federal limit. But if he does that at fifteen. I, on my website, don't know if we still have this. I had a chart, uh, who wants to be a millionaire chart, and I had the math showing that if somebody starts doing uh, serious investing at age 15, 
how unbelievably wealthy they become down the road. Well, he's very excited about that. So if he just goes in, I think the latest he can go into is the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund 2060, maybe the latest year that they have opened up. But if he just throws the money into that, Vanguard will automatically adjust the mix of investments through the decades based on what's appropriate for his age and how close he is to a target retirement year. Okay, sounds great. So I love this. How did he become so industrious? This all came from your teaching, right? Uh, I, I think more my husband. <laughs> but um, I gave you yeah, such did... an easy chance to say, <laughs> yes, it was all because of me. My husband's probably listening, so <laughs> I have to get the credit. But, you know, he really came to me on his own and just said, I said, well, that sounds great. When do you want to do it? And he said, now. So um, he's, he's really excited. He, you know, he's been working for a year. He bought himself a laptop, and now all he does is save, save, save. So it's great. Well, there are lots of kids, including one of my own. I'd like to have spend time with your 15-year-old to teach the whole concept of saving, not spending. Julian's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Julian. Hello. Hi. Julian, you have a question for me that is something that is popping up increasingly frequently. What happened in your life? So earlier this month, some random person who I don't know transferred $40 to my PayPal account. And then they sent me an email saying, oh, I sent the money to the wrong address, and can they asked me to refund the payment. So I checked PayPal, look, there was $40 there from this person, and there's a refund option, so I just refunded the money. You know, no big deal, just $40 in, $40 out. And I felt like a good person. You know, I thought I was doing the right thing. And then about a week and a half ago, it happened again with a different person. So some other random person just deposited $50 in my PayPal account and said, oops, that was the the wrong account. I'm really sorry. Can you refund the money? And so the first time I'm like, well, you know, that's a legitimate mistake. Someone could type the wrong email address. But the second time it just seemed odd. Yeah, that's why I'm hearing about this so much, because this is happening so often that it can't be a coincidence. Right. And what my advice has been is do not refund to the individual who contacts you and says they made an oops. Okay. And instead, contact PayPal. Right. And Uh. you tell PayPal this happened, it's the second time it's happened, that money has mysteriously shown up in your account, you've been contacted, been asked to refund the money, what should you do? And let PayPal be involved. So there's a lot, if you look on the web, because... Uh, last time, I really dug into it, and there's so many people posting that, well, the people are probably paying you with a stolen card or something like that. And I don't know if that is part of what this is about, because my understanding is the money would go back to the card that somebody used, not to someone who may have been a perpetrator. Right. So that's why, instead of refunding the money, I would contact paypal first it'll be their bots that you'll probably hear from and then maybe at some point you'll hear from a real human at paypal okay but i would not just willy-nilly give the money back 
Yeah, I did try to do a, a support chat with PayPal about this, and they hung up on me. And, and so then I sent an email to PayPal uh, outlining what happened, and I got an automated response saying, oh, it looks like you're asking to refund money. Here's how to refund money. But, but I can try again. I, yeah, I can keep trying. Yeah. You know, yeah. PayPal has – this has always been a frustration people have had with PayPal, that when everything goes like it should, it's really easy. But when something goes wrong, PayPal has cheaped out on providing the necessary layer of security and customer service. And they're in a position now where they're facing a lot more competition in the market. And they're crazy as an organization if they don't start offering meaningful, real customer service and security. Yeah. So I, I would double back. You haven't heard again from the individual who asked for the refund this time? No, I haven't, which was also a little bit suspicious because, you know, $50, I think if it was me, I'd at least ask twice. So but, supposedly uh, PayPal will contacted by the person who sent you money. If legitimately they sent you money by mistake, PayPal mm-hmm. will handle the reversal, okay. likely. And so I would, I would not engage with the individual who says that they're owed money. I would instead <laughs> deal with PayPal. Yeah, yeah, because my, my big fear is that if this is some weird sort of credit card fraud, that my account might get flagged as someone you're who shut is down. participating. Right, yeah, and right. suddenly I can't use PayPal, which I don't want. Right, so that's why you're doing the right thing on the second pass, contacting PayPal. And, you know, it may be that they feel like they're issuing you too many refunds, whatever. So that's why I would make your contact early and often with PayPal. And I'm sorry, try the chat again that bombed on you the first time. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about reverse bank robbery. When your bank cheats you and gets away with it. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. New report out from the feds that consumers have paid a near record total of overdraft fees over the last year, roughly $35 billion, up significantly from recent years. So here's the story. More and more people carry a piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, debit card, and they use it for all kinds of transactions all day long, every day, all week long. The banks have to get your permission to overdraw your account when you're using that debit card. The banks word it in a completely underhanded, crooked, dishonest way as they're extending you a privilege by allowing you to overdraw your account. The bank approves your debit card transaction when they know you have no money so they can then hit you with a $30, $35 fee for it. Now, the way it should work, and it does work, unless you got hoodwinked by your bank to cheat you, is if you go to buy that cup of coffee and you don't have the money for it, then the charge, the debit, is declined. That's the right answer. Because remember, the bank is just doing this to cheat you. 
to steal from you, to rip you off, and they don't even have to use a gun to do it. But their wording conned you. In fact, most people don't even realize they signed up for the ripoff overdraft. You go open a new account, and they just say, sign here, sign here, initial here, do that. And as part of the whole process, they're cheating, 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 cheating you. Don't let them steal from you. Go into your bank and tell them you don't want overdraft protection or privilege or whatever phony baloney name they give to stealing from you your hard-earned money. Stop them. Shut them down cold. That cup of coffee isn't worth a $30 junk fee. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So I can't tell you how much a hassle it has been when you apply for a mortgage or a refinance. The lenders want the same documents and ridiculous documents over and over and over again as they drown in a blizzard of paperwork at lenders doing things as if it's still 1965 and they lose track of stuff and you're having to fax it. Fax. I mean, imagine. That's like 1990 that you're having to fax stuff, but the banking industry has been slow to change. Well, I've got good news for you. Really pushed along by the rocket mortgage people from Quicken Loans, lenders are starting to get their act together with much simpler ways for you to apply for a mortgage or a refi. Using an app on your phone, you scan in documents that you then have available to your lender's processing department. There's nothing to get lost because they're seeing what you have provided. It's not a blizzard of paperwork anymore. And so the loan processing is much quicker than it was before, a la how they could call it the rocket loan or rocket mortgage, whatever that trade name is. And it has become, behind the scenes, big-time buzz in the banking business that people are gravitating to something that's simpler, easier, quicker, and not as frustrating. And so you're going to see a steady drumbeat of lenders that, out of fear more than anything else, are coming up with easier ways for you to go through the mortgage lending process. But there's an angle on this that I missed. The nation's largest home builder, as I've told you in the past, first-time home buyers tend to only go to one lender. And Lennar, which is a huge home builder, they are, as best I know, the biggest in the country, they end up through their captive mortgage operation writing a lot of the loans for their borrowers. And they're using a technology that a small number of banks are using that kind of mimics what happens with the rocket loan, that you have their app on your phone for your mortgage application. And if you've ever used any of these programs that scan in documents, 
they're extremely easy. It's kind of like if you do deposits into a credit union account or bank account where you take a picture of the check and send it off. It's that same kind of digitization of the... Is that really a word? Uh, Whatever. It's where you digitize your documents and you send them in, creating that semi-permanent digital... It is a word. Thank you. Where you're, you're creating that document file and it's so much more streamlined than having to go to a prehistoric fax machine. And I'm glad to see it because the mortgage lending industry needs to be brought kicking and screaming into the 21st century because most of them still are acting like it's 1999 or earlier. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, David. How can I be of service? Well, Clark, I'm a small business owner. I started out as a one-man operation about three to four years ago. I now have two full-time employees, and it seems to me that I had heard you say at one point or at some time that there was an organization that consists of retired, successful business owners that um, wanted to, if you will, give back to the community by mentoring or coaching small business owners. Yes. In fact, there's two groups that I talk about that assist entrepreneurs, startups, existing small businesses. And the one you're, uh, that I'm gathering you're talking about is the Service Corps of Retired Executives, known as SCORE. Okay. And the okay. website is SCORE.org. And it is, as you described, SCORE chapters around the country either do... Um, small group seminars on various topics affecting small business owners and entrepreneurs and or do one-on-one counseling. And SCORE chapters, everything they do is free or uh, just a token amount maybe to rent a space for a seminar they're running. Okay, so do they offer... Do they do? Do they charge for those services? And almost everything a score chapter does is completely free. Anything that's not free is like ten dollars, twenty dollars. I mean, they really are there with their hearts in the right place. People who celebrate and believe in capitalism and entrepreneurship, and that's why they volunteer to provide the advice. That's invaluable. That's that's so that's so cool. I want to you tell know. you about another organization as well that I've talked about, called the um, Small Business Development Centers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of those. They are normally university based, and okay. they are centers that assist small businesses and entrepreneurs. And they're in pretty much. I don't know if they're in every state but pretty widely across the country. And if you just do a uh, search engine, you know, Google or whatever, Small mm-hmm. Business Development Center, yes. you'll get to where you see the link, and then you can click on your state and see what might be available near you with a Small Business Development Center. And uh, there's nothing wrong, in fact, a lot right, if there's a SCORE chapter near you at SCORE.org, and there's a small business development center. Seeing what each of them offer 
in terms of guidance and mentoring. Do they? Can one more question? Do they? Um, do you know if they offer like industry specific? people to talk to you on that level or is it just more generalized it is it totally depends with each the a university-based small business development center and the score chapter the expertise of the people within it great so Clark, i appreciate your help you know you may much. find that that the as you the way you ask the question you may find that you're getting very general advice that's not drilling down to what you are looking for or you may find that there's availability in the organization to provide the industry-specific guidance you'd like. Right. Very good. Clark, I appreciate your help very much. And David, continued success as an entrepreneur. Nancy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Clark. Nancy, you're going to España. Yes, first time. Wow. But Uh, more specifically, it's running of the bulls. Oh, are you crazy? You're really no. going to do that? Well, yeah, just watch them. A watch is different than running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like being near a bull behind a fence. And I remember once being in western South Dakota, and I was out for a jog, and uh, being a clueless city kid, I'm running around in this rural area, and I come upon a buffalo snorting. And, oh. Yeah. And so I was a lot closer to a giant beast than I wanted to be. (laughs) Fortunately, the buffalo had no interest in me. And no, I don't know if it was buffalo or bison, because I still don't understand the difference between the two. I don't either. So anyway, I digress. You're going to go to España. And how can I be of service? The tour company that we're with has an app so that we can get around Pamplona. But what I'm really worried about is um, charges on our smartphones and connection. We're with T-Mobile. Should I get a SIM card when we arrive in country? Well, you asked the question exactly the right way, because if you're on one of the T-Mobile One plans, it's free for you to use T-Mobile in Europe. In fact, in most of the world, you'll have unlimited data. Are you on an unlimited data plan here? Yes, we are. So if you're on unlimited data, the T-Mobile plans come in three flavors. The one that most people have, which is um, T-Mobile One, will give you relatively slow data in Europe unlimited and unlimited text. Calls are 20 cents a minute. One Plus gives you much faster data and unlimited text and 20 cent a minute calling. And then there's an obscure plan almost nobody uses, which greatly enhances service both here in the U.S. and out of the country that that almost nobody uses except like corporate business travelers because it's an extra, if I remember right, $25 a month per line, so $300 more a year. So... If you've got T-Mobile One, it should get the job done on the app from the tour operator and the information on Pamplona and elsewhere wherever you go in Spain. Yeah, and then we're going to Barcelona. Barcelona is fantastic. And I've been, I've been around, I've been Costa del Sol, Madrid, Seville, Toledo, Palma de Mallorca, 
western part of Spain, which is cowboy country. Everywhere I've ever been, I've really enjoyed. We're looking forward to it very much. And you will really love T-Mobile being there because being able to be in contact and not having to pay for it is great. Download Viber, WhatsApp, or Line, L-A-N-E, because those allow you to make phone calls over the data side of your T-Mobile phone to each other and back to the United States without paying the 20 cent a minute fee. Oh, very good. So whoever you're calling, if you have friends or family members that you want to stay in contact with, whatever app of those you decide to use, they need to download that same app as well for you to be able to make the free international calls on your phone. We'll do that then. All right, and have a great time and don't have a close encounter with any bulls. That sounds like a really bad way to spend a day. (laughs) But watching them, that sounds great. Jessica joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jessica. Hi there. How are you? Good. Congratulations to you on graduating from college. Thank you. What'd you get your degree in? Uh, Criminology and psychology. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting combination. What are you going to do with it? Um, Well, right now I'm actually working on um, joining the Air Force. Um, I'm going through that process right now, but... Um, hopefully I want to join like some federal law enforcement in the future, something like that. Wow, you have an exciting future in front of you. I hope so. <laughs> so are you so you're going to enlist in the Air Force immediately sometime really soon? Or, um, I'm working on the going through the officer um, like process go or to whatever, OCS so just, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so. How can I be of service to you now that you're out of school? Um, so basically, um, I was thinking about contributing to an IRA. I decided to do a Roth, and I was trying to get my parents as a beneficiary, um, you know, in case, like, anything happens. And um, they were very wary of it, um, first, because they don't want their Social Security numbers, um, like, release anything. They're super concerned about hackers and everything. Tell and them also, not to worry. That mm-hmm. the certainty that you're taking care of them versus the possibility that a database might get hacked at a financial service, you got to go with the certainty instead of the possibility. Yeah. So they should okay. cough up that information. Now, are you working already pending going into the Air Force? Um, I'm currently working part time at the restaurant um, or at a restaurant that I've been at. Um, for well, like you're five really years industrious now. because you're going to be able to fund that Roth. And when you Mm -hmm. get into the Air Force, you're going to be offered something known as a TSP, Mm -hmm. a thrift savings plan. And going Mm -hmm. into a Roth TSP will be superior to the Roth IRA you're doing now. Okay. So once you're in the service, put a big emphasis on putting money in the Roth TSP, build that up. The, uh, The government will provide, which they did not before, some level of match on that TSP, and it is the best retirement plan pretty much any of us have on offer in the country where uh, military employees and federal employees have access to the TSP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? 
Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. John? You're stuck in a high interest rate credit card. How high? Twenty-four. Twenty-four percent. Yeah. Yuck. How much yeah. do you owe on that ridiculously high card? I don't carry a balance. Oh, good. Yeah, and I haven't for several years. Uh, I remember in the uh, like in 07, 08, they always wanted you to carry a bit of a balance to help your credit score. And then now that's kind of changed with the way the economy tanked. So since then, I don't carry a balance. But I'm changing jobs. So I'm a little concerned. What's better for my credit score to stay with that card that I've had for 12 years? or try to get a lower interest rate credit card. I'm concerned if something happens with the new job, if I yeah. need some backup money. All right, so let's talk this thing through. Does this 24% card have an annual fee? $30. And how's your credit score now? Good, good. I'm uh, over seven or uh, over 780. Wow. I don't want you in that crummy card. I want you in one that has no annual fee, and we'll treat you well. Are you a member okay. of a credit union by chance? I'm not. All right. I'd l- I would like as one consideration, do you, as you drive around going to and fro, do you see any credit union offices? Yes, we definitely have them in our area. Go join a credit union and get a card from credit union. Their interest rates are so much lower than the ones on most credit cards issued. It'll have no annual fee. You'll likely have an interest rate of somewhere between 7 and 12% with a credit union card. And I'd like you, once you get that, to also get one other card from another issuer and then close this 24% card. Okay, so actually close that and then get two different cards. Uh, in reverse. Get two other cards and then close this one. Okay. Yeah, because you don't want to close the card, the only card you have, and then go apply for others. So I want you to first get one from a credit union, then get a second card that's like a backup, no annual fee, no annual fee for both of those, and then dump that $30 annual fee, 24% card. It has no role to play in your life anymore. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning into the Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet. And they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.